The reading is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. The words will be on the screen, but if you want to follow them in the Pew Bibles, you'll find it on page 1002. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Thank you, Polly, for reading. Please keep that passage open. Please forgive me, I'm going to keep my coat on. It's it's a bit chilly today. Uh, Before we come to God's word, uh, before I preach to us, let me pray for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this great call uh, to follow you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus uh, to come and speak to us. Uh, He lived a real life in this world. And he, he calls us to follow him. And please, would you help us to see what that looks like in this passage this morning? And would your Holy Spirit be at work in our hearts and minds? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, please do look up. Follow me. Follow me. In the 21st century, Western society, these words have a, a different ring, don't they? have a different connotation. Uh, we, we follow people or we follow particular groups because they inspire us, uh, they influence us. Uh, you might follow a particular TV show or a particular radio program. Uh, the more technologically minded members of our congregation will know that uh, follow me has a different ring on social media. Uh, you might follow someone because... Well, you admire the lifestyle they live. They, they cook good food. They're a big personality. They, they share good news. You follow people because they inspire you. They, they influence you. However, when Jesus said, follow me, 2,000 years ago in first century Galilee, he wasn't looking to merely inspire or influence his followers. And when Jesus says, follow me, he was looking for something far more radical. He was asking for total allegiance of our lives. One of the big themes that we've seen in Mark's gospel so far is that Jesus is God. Mark thinks so in in verse 1. The good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Verses 2 to 3, the prophets Isaiah and Malachi thought so. They thought that Jesus was God. And John the Baptist does also as well. Verses 4 to 8, he says that Jesus is God. And if you're still in doubt, Mark points us to God himself, who approves of Jesus as God. Verse 11, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. 
With you, I am well pleased. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. And he comes with a message regarding God's kingdom. Verse 15, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Uh, Repent and believe the good news. Uh, That's the message we heard last week. It's a great announcement for our world. Uh, The kingdom of God has broken in into our world. And a radical response is needed to this message. And how does Jesus go about building his team for spreading this message? Well, he starts with a bunch of fishermen beside the Sea of Galilee. Verse 16, Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus lived a real life on this earth. He walked, he slept, he ate. And one day he was, he was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. It was no accident that the Lord Jesus was walking alongside the Sea of Galilee that day. It was not by chance that he saw Simon and Andrew and James and John fishing. Some of us might have heard the now famous anecdote of Queen Elizabeth II and her encounter with two American hikers. Um, she was walking on her estate in Balmoral and uh, she bumped into these two hikers uh, and the Queen, ever so polite, uh, stopped and said hello. However, it was clear that the hikers didn't recognise who the Queen was uh, so they, they proceeded to tell her about their day, what they'd been up to and where they came from. And they asked her where she lived and she replied, I, I live in London but I have a holiday home on the other side of those hills and I've been coming here for 80 years. Amazed, they ask her then, so does that mean you've met the Queen before? Uh, To which the Queen replies, I haven't, and then she points to her protection officer, but he has, he meets her regularly. It's one of the many endearing stories about the late Queen's sense of humour But whilst the Queen's encounter with the the hikers might have been by chance, it was no accident that Jesus was walking alongside the Sea of Galilee that day. The Lord Jesus, he never has a by chance encounter. I wonder if you're here this morning and you might might be thinking you're here by chance this Sunday. Well, let me tell you this. uh, Nothing in the Lord's timetable is by chance a surprise. He saw Simon, Andrew, James and John that fateful day, 2,000 years ago, casting their nets. He sees you here this morning and he has something to say to you. He always does. Verse 17, Come, follow me, and I'll send you out to fish for people. Note the clarity of this radical command from Jesus. It's audacious. It's not ambiguous. It's crystal clear. Follow me. See, this is a highly unusual approach from Jesus the rabbi. Usually, uh, students would approach their rabbi and ask them to follow them. Not this way around. Uh, Jesus has turned the custom upside down on its head. You can imagine a a kind of a master musician who is accomplished 
And he goes out and he seeks a random student and says, follow me, let me teach you. Be highly unusual. That's the kind of thing that's happening here in this scene. You see, God's calling always comes first in our lives. You see, God always takes the initiative, not us. He, he doesn't wait for us to feel ready. doesn't wait for us to have our lives sorted before he calls us. No, he calls us wherever we're at this morning. And it's not a calling that makes us passive, is it? It's a calling that makes us active. It comes with a mission. I'll send you out to fish for people. Another translation says, I will make you fisher, make you fishers of people. Fishers of men. Christians don't just receive the good news and keep it for themselves. No, we were to respond to the good news of Jesus and call others to do the same. Simon, Andrew, James and John, they were seasoned fishermen in this passage. They were professionals who, who probably inherited the family business in a community of fellow fishermen. They were hard-working men who had lives, jobs and families. Like us here this morning. Uh, you could forgive them if they, they replied to Jesus. Uh, no thanks, Jesus. Uh, we'd rather fish for fish as opposed to fishing for people. Fish are less complicated. That's not their response, is it? Verse 18. At once they left their nets and followed him. They left their nets and followed him. They left their families behind, their businesses behind, their pension pots. At once. To follow Jesus. It's a radical response to to a radical command. Why? Well, because of who Jesus is. Uh, Jesus is no ordinary leader. He's no ordinary upstart. Uh, Jesus is God, uh, king of all creation, king of heaven and earth. And those he truly calls cannot resist his voice to follow him. Follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. I wonder what it looks like for us to follow Jesus today. For the first disciples, it meant following Jesus around in his ministry in Galilee and beyond, literally walking in his footsteps, seeing how Jesus prayed, how Jesus interacted with people, the compassion he had, seeing how much he loved God, seeing his ministry firsthand. And that's what it meant for them 2,000 years ago. The first disciples, they had a, a unique discipleship. They, they witnessed his, Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. However, what does it mean for, for us today, here at All Saints, Little Shelford, in the 21st century, to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be followers of Jesus in our world today? Will it involve leaving our jobs, our families, our lives behind to go into full-time ministry? I don't think so. See, in one sense, I think following Jesus today means the same thing it's always done throughout history. See, we, we must understand that when the Bible talks about following Jesus, it's not, it's not primarily talking about a physical concept. You know, you follow Jesus on a map. No, 
When the Bible talks about following Jesus, it's, it's primarily a spiritual concept. When we become Christians, we, we decide that Jesus is our king. We, we follow him. We follow his rule. Jesus didn't come to, to establish his kingdom geographically. He didn't come to take over a country or territory. No, Jesus came to, to establish his kingdom in the human heart. One day he'll come again, he'll, he'll rule all of creation. But Jesus came, first of all, to, to establish his rule, his kingship in our hearts, in our lives. Following Jesus, it doesn't necessarily mean giving up our jobs, leaving our families behind. It doesn't mean giving up our lives. No, following Jesus means making Jesus the king of our lives in whatever we're doing, in our families, in our, in our job, in our social groups. What does that mean? Well, it means the primary question for us becomes, well, it's not what do I want for my life, but what does Jesus want for my life? Not what do I want for my life, but what does Jesus want for my life? How does King Jesus want me to live? How will I obey his commands this week? How will I go his way instead of my way? How can I follow Jesus in my family, in my job, in my friendship group? Jesus isn't some influencer who wants to just merely have influence of our lives. No, he wants full and total allegiance from us. Full submission to his rule. I recognise for some of us this morning, this may be a a hard message to hear. It may sound a bit much. How dare Jesus demand complete allegiance from me? It's a radical demand from Jesus. It's a radical command. Unless we understand why he came. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, we either fully submit to Jesus and receive eternal life, or or we go our own way into destruction. Uh, There's no middle ground. Total allegiance to the Lord is life in God's kingdom forever. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It's to allow him to be king over our hearts. To allow him to establish his loving rule and authority over our lives. Uh, Here's a question you might want to ask this morning. How do I know that I'm truly following Jesus? How do I know that I'm truly following Jesus? Well, here's a first sign that you're following Jesus truly. Uh, Followers of Jesus uh, truly listen to his voice. Uh, uh, true followers of Jesus listen to his voice See, if you're following the Lord Jesus then you'll have a constant desire a constant need to listen and obey his voice just like the disciples in this passage uh, John chapter 10 verse 27 tells us my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me I give them eternal life and they shall never perish Uh, No one will snatch them from my hands. 
Uh, true followers of Jesus will have a great desire to listen to his precious voice every single day. Now, the more time we spend in the precious words of scripture, listening to his voice, the more we understand what it looks like to follow him. You know when you, you get a song stuck in your head and you just can't get it out? Well, let us pray that this would be the same for us. That every time we, we read the Bible, that we would have a best thought, a summary of what Jesus is saying to us in the passage we've read that day. That we can carry it around in our minds, in our hearts, able to share it with others if we need to. True followers of Jesus listen to his voice in the words of the Bible. The second way of knowing that we are, we are following Jesus is that we're, we're willing to speak his message to others. That's what it means to be fishers of people. Uh, fishing, of course, in this passage, is a metaphor for evangelism. To be fishers of, of people, to speak the message of Jesus, is to call people to repentance, to repent and believe in him. Uh, we don't just show people that Jesus is our king by how we live. Uh, we, we also want to tell him, tell others that he wants to be their king. Uh, the story goes of a, of a fisherman who, who went fishing and, and he was asked if he caught anything. And he, he replied, no, I didn't catch any fish, but I influenced a few. Christian influence in societies is a great thing, but it's not the same as evangelism. Uh, fishing involves catching and landing. And so does evangelism. It involves catching people and landing them for Christ. Evangelism, it's more than impressing people with our good Christian behavior and morals. It's not a bad start. It's good for people to see the light of Christ in our lives. That's a good thing. But evangelism, true evangelism, is more than that. It's, it's telling people about the gospel, praying and reading the Bible with them if needs be, inviting them to come along to hear the message of Jesus so that they can come and follow him. I've never been fishing. But one thing I do know about fishing is that it requires great patience, doesn't it? You can sit there for hours fishing. So does evangelism. It requires great patience. Getting to know someone, establishing friendships, uh, meeting up with them to read the Bible month after month, year after year. Evangelism requires great patience. I guess uh, a question we might want to ask ourselves is this, as we seek to speak the message of the gospel to others. Do I know the gospel well enough to speak it to other people? Do I know the gospel well enough to speak it to others? Let me say this to you this morning. If you're a follower of Jesus, if he's a king of your heart, then let me assure you that you do. You just do. Uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, you can always start off by sharing your testimony on why you decided to follow Jesus. Why not start from there? It's interesting to note uh, that fishing is, in our passage, just like evangelism, involves different methods. Um, when we think of fishing, we might think of the solitary kind of fisherman doing it as a hobby. On a pier all by himself with a radio in the background. 
not Simon and Andrew, James and John. See, they were net fishermen. They, they cast huge nets into the sea to catch great huge hauls of fish. There are those who, who God has called to be great mass evangelists. Uh, Billy Graham comes to mind. And we thank the Lord for their gifts, for his gifts. And there are those who are line fishermen. You know, they, they catch one fish at a time. I suspect that will be a lot of us here this morning. Our skill, our capacity lies in the, in the personal type of evangelism. One person at a time or two. And that's okay. Wherever we are, whatever gifts we have, if Jesus is our king, if we are followers of Christ, then fishing for souls will be a vital priority in our lives. So two signs to know that we're we're truly following Jesus. We'll have a desire to listen to his voice, to his message written in the Bible. And secondly, we'll have a desire to speak his message, to share it with others. For some of us here this morning, um, we're following Jesus and we've decided he's our king. We've responded to his call to repent and believe. We're on the right path. But that's kind of it. We've stopped moving forward. We've stopped following him. Actually, we stopped listening to his voice or seeking to speak his message a long time ago. Following Jesus for us is something we decided to do at the start of our Christian journey. But it's not something we could possibly imagine doing on a day-to-day basis. It's too much of a commitment. And so Jesus becomes more of a of an influence in our lives now and again, instead of being a, a ruler over our daily lives. I imagine all of us will have felt like that this, at some point in our Christian journeys. Maybe this morning the Lord wants to gently challenge us to remind us of what true discipleship looks like. It's ongoing, it's a daily commitment to, to follow Jesus, to submit to his authority in our, in our lives in our finance, in our, in our friendships, in our, in our family, in our lifestyle. And let's pray that the Lord's loving challenge will, will hit the spot where it needs to in our hearts this morning. And there'll be some of us here this morning, we're following Jesus, but it doesn't feel like we're doing well. And actually we are. We are going well, but we don't know it. It doesn't feel like it. We yearn to listen to his voice, but devotion often gets squeezed out by family commitments. Maybe it's just the ongoing guilt of not having spoken to anyone about Jesus for as long as we can remember. I think of a a Christian lady who spends most of her waking hours caring for her elderly relative with severe disabilities. She's had one clear opportunity in the past year to to share the gospel she didn't think she did a great job she she kind of fluffed her lines she she says isn't it encouraging to know that she's just the kind of person the lord jesus uses to build his kingdom isn't it encouraging that the lord knows her situation and he smiles on her i reckon he'd want to say to her Keep going, faithful servant. 
The Lord knows your situation this morning. And just like he met Simon, Andrew, James and John on the Sea of Galilee, the Lord meets us where we're at. And he, wonderfully, he will never stop using us. And so let's keep going. Let's be encouraged to keep following the Lord Jesus in his grace. Let me give you a moment of quiet to reflect on what you've just heard this morning. And then I'll lead us in a prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for sending the Lord Jesus to to meet us where we're at. Thank you because you see us in all our joys, in our pain and our sorrows. And yet you still desire to use us uh, to follow you, to to spread your, your word, your message. We thank you for the precious nature of your words and the life life they bring to our souls. We ask that uh, we, we would be followers, not only in word, but also in deed, in our lives, every day. And we pray that your loving rule would, would be established in our hearts, uh, not just to be an influence, but to be the king who rules over our daily decisions. Or would you be the thing that we love the most in this world? And please, would you help us to keep listening to your word? And would you help us to grow in our desire to share the message of the Lord Jesus with others? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.